This is a Bramble Jam podcast. Hi, I'm Brand. Hate these boys, but I love Hallmark movies that are actually books in real life. <laughs> hey, I'm Panda, and I like Hallmark books. They're also movies in real life. Uh, I'm Dan, and I can guarantee you, you can take it to the bank. If there's a book that they make a Hallmark movie out of, I'm going to despise that book. This Th- is, is the, the Hallmark, Hallmark Podcast. podcast. Oh, boy, oh, boy. You first said we had to get up at 7 a.m. just to record an intro to this. I was upset, but then I realized it's going to take us a few takes. (laughs) Somebody's going to do something stupid. Could we have started at 8 a.m. and maybe not had any mistakes? Maybe. But you, I mean, you were insistent on the 7 a.m. wake up. I was not. But I know now why it's necessary. (laughs) It's because there's no way we could do it in one take. That'd be too easy. Yeah, it, it would be simpler. Uh, guys, welcome to the Thursday edition of Deck the Hallmark. Typically, is an interview, and today is no different. It's just different in the way in which it's happening. Is because this like one of the clip shows where they, all the friends It's not a clip show. It's not a clip show. But they all talk for a little bit like it's a real episode. They're like, remember that time we all turned 30? <laughs> well, I will say, if you want to hear a clip show, there's a Dynamite one uh, in June of this of this year. That is a good one. That's a good one. There's two good ones. Two, two great clip shows. Uh, this is not a clip show. This is an interview that aired on Pan does other podcast hallmark book club quickly tell everybody about that pod and then uh tell everybody about who you're talking to today yeah yeah so i have the opportunity to sit down with the authors it's an honor yeah it's i would say it's an honor you got it brand it's a big get brand donovan now i understand that's a pin name for it her. is yeah it's uh <laughs> stacy donovan why are you laughing pin names aren't funny they're pin. serious business they are yeah Absolutely. Stacey Donovan, uh, she's the acquiring editor for uh, Crown Publishing, uh, Hallmark Publishing, and uh, have a really great chance to talk with her about what happens on how she uh, gets the scripts and all the things like that. It's a lot of fun. What happens on how she gets the scripts? <laughs> I stand by what I just said. And this is the guy that's interviewing her. So she gets scripts. Does she then make those into... Uh, I like to book. talk about what happens on how you get... Okay, I see, I see where I might have not been particularly clear on that. It is 7 a.m. Welcome to Preposition for Panda. Do you want to know as a president, everybody? This one was the one that made the cut. <laughs> it's not the first take. It's the take that made the cut. This is the take that was better Imagine. than the so, But she, every book that Hallmark publishes goes, goes through, through her. her. Absolutely. Yeah. And then lots of times movies that get made, which we've talked about before, yeah. uh, such as uh, like the uh, what, what's October it? Kiss, October is, Kiss yep, is, a, uh, is a book was originally a book and they got made into a movie. So we're going to talk about a lot, a lot about that. Well, no, actually, it was a movie that got turned into a book. Great. It can work either way. Either it's way. A both it's a, a both, both thing. Wow. Uh, so you're going to talk about all that and more with this uh, interview with Bryn Donovan. Yeah. Or what is it? Or Stacy Donovan. Stacy Don- Donovan. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Panda, take it away, pal. You got it, buddy. Hey, guys, it's Panda for the Hallmark Book Club podcast. And today I'm joined with Bryn Donovan, the acquiring editor at Crown Media Publishing. How are you doing today, Bryn? Hi there. So good to be here. Oh, man. It's so fun that you decided to come on the podcast and talk with me. And like, listen, 
you have a pretty important job and we're going to dive into that. I mean, this is some big time stuff and I'm really excited just to hear, kind of pick your brain. You have so much experience. Like we were talking a little bit before the pod, you've been in advertising. You have a, yep. t you have a bunch of stuff published. You're like a writing guru expert. I want to hear all about everything. This is going to be so fun. We're going to be maybe a little bit all over the place, but you have so much experience and wisdom to share with us. I'm really excited about this conversation. But before we dive into any of that, Kind of tell me, how did you get to where you're at today? Absolutely. Yeah. So thanks. I, um, yeah, so I'm Bryn Donovan. Actually, Bryn is a pen name for Stacy Donovan. I answer to either. Um, I'm Bryn Donovan on Twitter and on my blog. Uh, but uh, I, I did work in advertising for a little while. I worked for a long time at Hallmark Cards on all kinds of projects, kids books, gift books, cards, uh, different marketing initiatives, all kinds of things. Um, and then our, uh, our sister company, the Hallmark Channel, was out in LA. I was in Kansas City. But I had the idea that uh, the Hallmark Channel was so well known for these certain kinds of heartwarming stories and that it would make sense to have a publishing arm of that entertainment business. And so I put together like a, a 10 slide PowerPoint deck and I creeped on the CEO's uh, schedule and found out when he was gonna be in town and I emailed him and introduced myself and said, can I have half an hour to pitch you a business? And he said, okay. Uh, so I did that and that's how it kind of, they had already been thinking about it a little bit too at the Hallmark Channel. So it was serendipitous, I guess. Yeah. And, uh, and that's how it came about. And so we started a publishing business that started out in eBooks only, and then went into print editions and audiobook. And we publish a very sweet uh, G-rated romance and cozy, so a lot of that and a little bit of cozy mystery too. Well, and yeah. what's crazy is you guys have really been expanding a lot recently. I mean, I know that there's always been books that have tied into the movies, but recently, like there's just been a ton of books that have been coming out and, and you have kind of your mark in all those books in some way, don't you? I do. So, um, so my role in the publishing business is to head up the creative side of it, uh, which means deciding which book, which uh, stories we publish, working with the authors and a team of editors and proofreaders through the process to polishing it up and um, and doing and working on other things, mostly on the creative side, a little bit on the marketing side too. And so um, so it's very hands-on, I would say all the way through, yeah. Well, that's pretty so. incredible. I mean, that entire process because so like, walk me through what it looks like from the beginning. Like it, does the proposal land on your desk? Like what, how's that work? Like walk me through, like if somebody's like, man, I would love to be published, uh, why Hallmark? Like, oh my gosh, I love the movies. I, I, I have, you know, a desire to write, but what's that look like on your end? Like from the beginning to the end, sure. walk me through that. Yeah. Um, now we have had a couple of open submission periods where anyone could t uh, turn in a manuscript. And um, unfortunately I'm not gonna be able to do one for 2020. I am still the only full-time uh, employee of Hallmark Publishing. Sure. And so I can't find the time, <laughs> uh, um, but I, I hope to do it again. The, um, most 
most of our, so we acquire most of our books by proposal only. And so a proposal comes from an agent and then we look at it and it's like a four page synopsis basically. And then we look at it and I like to say it's a very collaborative process, which is my nice way of saying we get all up in your business. Uh, <laughs> we work on it together to make sure everything's clear. The character motivation is clear. Um, you see the characters, uh, both main characters, you see how they grow and learn and change throughout the story. And so we'll work on a, if we like an idea, um, we'll go back and forth a couple of times and rework it until we really feel like we have a strong story. And that can be really excruciating for writers who are used to working out plot points as they write the first draft. You know, to figure it out all ahead of time, um, it's more rational and left-brained, and that can be a challenge uh, for creative people. The good thing about the process, though, is that um, uh, when you're when we're done, you've already worked out a lot of the problems, and usually the first draft goes a lot smoother. You yeah. know, because we you figured out all the plot holes and road in uh, speed bumps. Uh, so then, uh, yeah, it becomes a um, a manuscript. And I think this is pretty typical for publishing houses. It goes through to, through at least two, sorry, I stumbled there, two rounds of editing. One to work out story and character ideas and pacing. And then the second round with the, with the next draft to work out issues of style and making it uh, really well-written. Uh, so that's kind of the process. Well, that's really cool. And I, I mean, it's such an extensive process that you guys get to kind of just making sure that's a really like tightly connected book, like there's no gaps in it. And, and the narratives that I've read, and I've read a, quite a few of these books now, Thank move you. along at pretty, a, a pretty good clip. And you, like, you're not just sitting up there too, like, you know, you know the, the academic brain editor kind of thing. You've written some Hallmark books as well, have you not? You know, I didn't. I, I didn't mean to actually. So, <laughs> so I, in the past, I'd written uh, a lot of children's books for Hallmark and a, and a couple of gift books, and then I, I, I have done some romance publishing on my own also. Uh, but uh, with this, so with the publishing business, for a few of our books, I came up with the original storyline, the treatment and kind of got it blessed internally and everyone was, you know, so that everyone felt good about the storyline and then gave it to the author to write. Wow. And so we've worked that way before a few times. Um, and in the case of one book, Sunrise Cabin, by the time we had worked out the storyline, I liked the characters so much. And honestly, honestly, the heroine in Sunrise Cabin is very much like me. <laughs> and so I wasn't able to hand it off. And so I just went ahead and wrote it. I mean, for free for right. Hallmark, uh, because I couldn't let go of it. I, so I didn't really mean to, uh, so <laughs> you might, this might be the first time you accidentally published a book, like in the history of writing, like, oops, I made a book. Sorry guys. <laughs> so great. So, but it was a great experience for sure. Yeah. Wow. So. That's really cool. So like, okay. Did you like, from the time you were a kid, did you always want to get into editing and writing or was this something that just kind of grew with you? What was that moment where you like, this, this is what I want to do with my life? Almost. When I was seven, I wanted to be a cartoonist. And then when I was eight, I was like, no, I'll be a writer. Uh, so it was always, it was always something I was interested in. And it's what I studied as an undergrad. And then I went to grad school and got my MFA in creative writing, uh, which honest, which 
writers don't need to do, you know, you know, um, and some people worry that you need to do that and you don't. Um, and so it was always, it was always my thing. And then I was very lucky to start working for Hallmark right out of grad school, um, and doing a lot of different, uh, kinds of fun writing. So yeah, it was kind of, all, and I was both an editor and a writer at Hallmark at different times. Mm -hmm. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so it was kind of always my thing. Yeah, that's really cool. And so you've also not only have you published for for Hallmark, but you've also published kind of paranormal romance. Like you, you have you, you span kind of a, a spectrum of genre. And some I know you keep within the romance and, and the, the 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 fiction side. But walk me through just kind of how you came to the paranormal side of things, because I mean, that's a really, those are kind of a little different. The romance that you write for Hallmark right. and the romance you write on the side, like, how do you blend those? Absolutely. So I think there's, I think with all different kinds of romance, uh, whether it's paranormal or uh, just regular contemporary, whether it's steamy or whether it's not steamy at all in the case of Hallmark, I think there's a, a lot more that's similar than people sometimes might think uh, because it's really about um, characters uh, in romance. It's really about characters finding someone that uh, maybe challenges them in some ways to grow and be a better person and in other ways makes them feel like they finally found home, you know, and you see that happening in both, uh, in all kinds of romance. Yeah. So I think it's, it's not uh, too different and you're, you're kind of thinking about the audience that you have in mind uh, with them. But um, in terms of um, the kinds of scenes you write in romance where something's kind of funny, you know, and disagreements and then are they going to, you know, be able to overcome their conflicts? When do they become kind of vulnerable and admit that they have feelings for each other? A lot of those moments can be the same. I love yeah. that. Uh, One of the things, um, and I go ahead. I wanted to say writing, um, even though uh, I was saying I knew I always wanted to be a writer, the great thing about writing, though, is that you can decide to start at any time, you know? And there's so many things that that's, you know, but some things that's not true. Like if you want to be like an Olympic figure skater, you missed your window, right? <laughs> yeah. You know? But with writing, honestly, at any age, someone can get into it and learn and become good at it. You know, and I think that's one of the great things about writing. Yeah. Well, and what's so cool about like, and, and this is just something I've noticed about, you know, I, before any interview, I tried to get to know a little bit behind the scenes of the author. And one thing about you is like on top of writing, you're also, you're you're a teacher at heart in some way. I used to be a teacher and like so you, <laughs> you crank out so much. It, it's, it's unreal how much free content you give out on writing <laughs> and improving your content. I mean, it's a very active blog. You have a ton of articles on there and then you have YouTube videos on and, and just, I mean, it's, it's a massive amount of content. And so like, is part of your heartbeat, like one of the things that really drives you like training authors, like in some way? You know, I feel so seen, um, but uh, it, honestly, it's my favorite thing in the world is to is uh, is to uh, teach writing. And I think there's so much advice out there that makes it feel really mystical or that makes writers, feel, you know, I think, think there are teachers out there who like to act like they're so much smarter than people who are trying to learn over complicating things when they could simplify things. and. Uh, it's honestly my favorite thing in the world is uh, teaching writing and coaching and uh, and I can't uh, 
and I'm so busy with this job. This week I'm working like 14, 15 hour days. It's really tough. Oh my gosh. And I still can't, I still can't stop doing that other stuff because I really uh, like it so much. Yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely uh, um, my favorite thing. And, and that's, and that's the funnest part about the, about my job too, is uh, working with an author and with uh, other editors too, because um, it's kind of all hands on. We're very it's it's all hands on deck, but uh, working with an author to bring out the story, making it the best it can be, you know, um, that's probably like my favorite part of the job. Yeah. I so. love that. So, yeah. walk me through that moment. Like, you're not only. You, you now you teach you're, you're kind of a guru in some sense in writing i mean you have so much experience but walk me through that moment when you were first trying to get published because i think a lot of people that i've talked to have been like it just never feels like it's going to happen maybe what, what was that oh, for oh, you oh like God. that moment trying to get published is the hardest hardest thing um and uh, i think unfortunately a lot of writers who really struggled before they get published are as likely to tell their stories. You know, the people who love to tell their stories about being published are like, oh, I wrote a first book in a two months and I sent it out and then I was published. And they love telling those stories. <laughs> uh, and then it makes everybody else feel like there's something wrong with them. I, so I went to a writing convention years ago where one of my favorite romance authors, um, was, someone asked her how long it took to get published. And she, she got very serious and said, I wrote six books before I got published. Wow. I wrote over 1 million words. That's the truth. I tried with with each one of them. I tried and tried and tried to get it published and I couldn't get them published. And I thought it was so great that she told that story. It's more common than people think. And, you know, uh, people need to people need to hear those stories. It is a huge struggle for everyone. And the other thing that people have to understand about um, publishing and submissions is that uh, publishers pass on good books all the time, all the time. I pass on good books all the time. And it kills me as someone who loves to support and uh, uh, other writers. But um, the there are all kinds of reasons that have nothing to do with the quality of the writing, you know, or the validity of the story. And it's more like you're trying to fit a book in, you're, you're looking at how it balances against the other books in your model line. It's what you're, you know, sometimes it's like, oh, this is a really cute story about um, a I don't know, like a dog groomer, but we already did two dog groomer books, so we can't take it. Right. You know, um, there are all kinds of reasons that have nothing to do with the quality of the story. You know, and 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 so people like before I was on the other side. You know, the other side of submissions. I knew that intellectually that it wasn't always personal. Now I know it in my bones. <laughs> you know, it really. You can be a really good writer and strike out a lot. Oh my you goodness. Know? Yeah. So, yeah. And that's why you got to keep swinging. And I work with authors who, um, uh, well, I'm not going to call anyone out. Um, but I, I have worked with an author too, who really had to grind for a long time and really hit moments where they're like, it's never going to, you know, this is never going to happen for me. And then it did, it did in, in a real, um, great way. So that's yeah. so cool. And so 
let, walk me through that moment, like for you, you get a proposal on your table because I, I think a lot of times people are wondering, okay, what's going through your mind as an editor? Like, obviously you mentioned, okay, you sometimes have to pass on good books, but are there, what's, yeah. the, what's the moment you realize that, okay, we have something really special with this particular proposal versus maybe one where you're looking at and you're like, this is kind of DOA, like I, that this is all right before it landed. Like how, what, what is that moment? And maybe like what can prevent somebody from maybe writing something that's already kind of dead? Like, I mean, just, it's not yeah. gonna fly. Yeah, definitely. You know, the hardest thing to do, but what always I think gets uh, any editor, uh, book editor's attention, fic in fiction anyway, is to have this really strong hook. Like it's a couple of sentences and you're like, oh, I can see how that could be a fun story. I'll give you an example. Terry Wilson, who's done a couple of books with us, and a few of her books have become very popular Hallmark movies like Marrying Mr. Darcy, Unleashing Mr. Darcy. Uh, so Terry is great. And uh, the book that she is writing for us for next next summer is, uh, is this even announced? That's all right. It is Once Upon a Royal Summer. Guys, this and is an exclusive right now. I mean, I'm just, we're going to toss it out there. This is big time. Go ahead. I'm, I'm excited. <laughs> uh, the, the story that we're doing with her, Once Upon a Royal Summer, is um, uh, it's about a theme park princess who dates a real life, winds up dating a real life prince. Oh. Boom, so it's such a great, fun concept. It's really hard to land on those fun concepts like that, you yeah. know, that are like so crystal clear, like, oh, that's that's pretty fun, you know? <laughs> great. So, and, but when you can get a concept like that, it's really golden. I yeah. love that, that's so good. We're gonna continue the conversation, but first we're gonna take a quick break. Looking back, have there been moments in your own writing career where you learned something that kind of shaped maybe how you write? Like maybe it was a piece of advice or something that you got that started transforming. Maybe it was a conference you went to and can you kind of walk me yeah, through some a little bit about that for you? Yeah, um, you know, I, in my own writing, when I'm talking about people having struggles in my own writing life, it took me so incredibly, this is one of the reasons I'm so motivated uh, to help other people. It took me so incredibly long to learn how to write a book. And one of the reasons it took me so long was because I thought of myself as someone who I love books, I read them all the time. So I thought it ought to come naturally to me. And that was really faulty thinking. You still have to it's like well i watch i watch skiing i watch the winter olympics all the time uh i had to be able to ski well it doesn't <laughs> work that way <laughs> you still need lessons um and uh so because it took it took me so long and when i went to a writing convention and went to a seminar about just like i was blogging about the other day goal motivation and conflict all of a sudden i was like Oh, <laughs> so, and then, and, and then I figured out about um, escalating conflict throughout the story. So like, you know, a fourth of the way in, you have like something big kind of happen, you know, halfway through the book, something bigger, third way through, oh my gosh, that's, this is getting pretty crazy. Then you get to the crisis point, ah! Uh, you keep keep raising it up, raising up that energy. Right. Um, right. And when I realized, uh, when I first kind of internalized about characters having goals, 
reasons for their goals, having conflicts, and then thinking about that kind of rising action, then it all came together to me. Yeah. That's so cool. So, okay, when you sit down, because you're, you're still, even though right now I, I get that you're, you're mainly in the world of editing, you've written in the past, do you have to like storyboard it out beforehand? Like what's your method? And I, I, I've talked to a bunch of different authors. Each Hallmark author kind of does it their own way. Some sure. already have like a pre-set yeah. out kind of mind or script. But what's your, like, what do you have to do? Do you, do you have to like lock yourself away in a room and like do you have a massive whiteboard that looks like a conspiracy theory going on on the, you know, different charts going on what, what's happening there um so it really it depends on the project but i've become more and more detailed in the plotting um for the last book i wrote i sent my editor a treatment that was like a 10 or 12 page treatment that just went through everything that was going to happen so that she could edit that and be like mm, this makes no sense sure. you know and that and that's actually a pretty I, what I like about that method is it, I didn't waste time writing a bunch of scenes that didn't make any sense. Uh, you know, and, and honestly, there were just a couple of places where she's like, mm, I don't think so. And, and, and it was so helpful to know that up front. Um, different people are going to plot uh, more than others. Some people love it and get into it. I never used to at all, and now I went. I'm completely the other way because I see how efficient it is, and I see how it helps you just uh, avoid a lot of wasted writing that you have to cut out later, I guess. Um, but I would say if, if, if someone hates plotting, absolutely hates it, and I have a book coming out uh, this fall called Blank Page to Final Draft, so it's step, 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 just like the YouTube series to like take you all the way through, you know? Um, but what I'm gonna recommend in the book, even if you hate plotting, it's like take a five by seven note card um, write down just a few things for the character, what kicks off the story, what gets it going, um, and then just a few big events, fourth of the way through, halfway through, three-fourths of the way through, what's your crisis? Get all that down, that's all you got, all you got. And you can do it on a five by seven <laughs> index card, and then you'll, ha you'll have enough to write a pretty good book, honestly. Wow. So. <laughs> that's great. I mean, that's fantastic. I love that. And so I can see how that kind of just streamlines the entire process and like how it just yeah. makes you not, because I don't know, like whenever I write anything, I'm not into fiction writing, but like even in just nonfiction, I ramble horrendously. Like I can right. just go off in a bunch of, and yeah. I imagine for fiction writers too, that happens quite a bit where all of a sudden you create scenes that could go on for probably quite a bit of time that don't contribute yeah. anything. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and different writers are different in first drafts, and some of them overwrite and go into detail and have maybe even short extra scenes that you don't need. And more typically, uh, authors, and I do this, underwrite the first draft, and so you don't have enough about. And and if you're writing to, if you're writing a novel and you can't figure out why it's not long enough, it's usually because there's not enough uh, internal thinking and those emotional reactions, you know. Uh, so so a lot of those, uh, and the descriptions, how people look, the setting, uh, a lot of those, a lot of times will not be there enough in the first draft, and it'll go back and go, okay, so are they in a house? What's going on here? You know? um, so what does this lady look like? Things like that, you know? Uh, so, but the first draft, some people overwrite, and more often people underwrite. Uh, so if the first draft comes in short, shouldn't panic, it's fine. It just means that you're, you're cruising through your story, and it takes some time to get those details and, and those reactions and thoughts and emotions in there. Um, and, uh, 
but yeah you know i also want to say about first drafts because i hear people say all the time i I, i'm i can't go on writing because i'm reading what i've written so far and it's so bad (laughs) you know that i'm embarrassed (laughs) and i want to stop writing um and uh i just i want people to understand that the difference between and this is certainly true in my own writing uh, the, but the difference between a rough draft and the final draft can be huge. It can be so big. Um, the, you know, with the rough draft, you ju- you just got to get something to work with. You know, I feel like it's like, you know, like you're going to sculpt a, a story, but first you got to have some clay. <laughs> so that first draft could just be the clay that you're working with. It, it you can't compare your rough draft to uh, to someone else's finished product that's been through rounds of editing, professional editing. You can't compare the two, you know. So it's absolutely fine if the first draft is kind of bad. Well, and I, I imagine, and I've said this before on this podcast, but it's, it's one of those things that I know for myself, whenever I create any sort of content, I'm super hyper A, protective of it and B, like I'm very, I'm, I've put so much of my soul into that. And then all of a sudden to have any sort of like critical feedback at all, that, that kind of leads me into two directions. A, I don't ever want to release it for public consumption at any point. But then the other side is it never gets actually very good because it never w- goes through the editing process because I've held it close so much how do you as maybe a beginning writer somebody who's 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 how do you create that space and that distance in your heart between you and your work if that makes sense you know um it's such a great question and it holds so many writers back because uh you know when you first get critiqued on your writing or you first get a rejection it's incredibly painful and as an undergraduate student like I didn't get a poem into the college lit mag and I was like, that's it. I'm going to give up, you know, writing. Well, that didn't last, you know, <laughs> uh, but, but I mean, what an overreaction, you know, but I think so two things. Um, one thing that can help is keep on getting criticized, keep on getting rejected um, because your brain after a while will not be able to keep on freaking out about it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm very lucky because I've worked such a long career um, in writing that now um, I'm dead inside. And so I don't <laughs> <mind>. <laughs> and so I don't have, I don't have, I honestly don't have very much emotional reaction to bad reviews, to criticism, to rejection. I don't have that, you know, with a rejection, if it's something that, if it's something that I want to happen and it doesn't happen, um, I'm like, ah, too bad, you know, but I'm I'm upset about the result. I'm not upset about me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, So one thing is that it's just sort of getting over, you almost build up a callus, you know, instead of a blister, you're not going to get a blister anymore because you've rubbed up against it enough. And you get that literal, you know, like not literal, but as the, the, the cliche goes, the thick skin. Uh, but the other thing I want people to think about, too, people um, feel like the right critique, critiquing your writing is like critiquing yourself. Um, and, and so many of us, I think, especially creative people, um, maybe some of us were weirdos as kids. I definitely was, like, extremely so, you know, and, and felt like, and, and so the creative work is where you felt like you had value, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. it's where you felt like you could shine. And so when someone criticizes that, ah, that it, it's, it, it take, it's very personal. Um, what you have to remember about writing 
is that it is a skill and a craft like everything else. You, you learn and learn and learn. It, um, so many people overvalue raw talent and undervalue hard work, openness to uh, feedback. And uh, I mean, I will take like, if I had my choice, I would take a writer with some talent and a lot of hard work over a, t a writer with a bunch of raw talent and a bad uh, work ethic any day of the week. Oh my goodness, not even a contest. So much of it is just hard work, doing it, learning it, rather than raw talent. Um, and uh, I'm sorry, I feel like I'm rambling so much. No, I'm really not quarantine, Daniel. <laughs> 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 no, I love it because this is all, I mean, this is so good because I think a lot of times, I mean, you're, you're the expert. I mean, I, we want to hear a lot of this. I mean, we knew we need to hear it. I mean, it's so good. Yeah. So writing, it's a craft, it's a skill, like anything else you can, you could write like 10 horrible novels and still be a very cool, intelligent, awesome person. You could write a few masterpieces and still be like a really boring, terrible person. And people have done that. Uh, so <laughs> it's not your, per it's not you, it's not your personality. Sure. It's just that craft. It's just learning that skill. I love that. We're going to continue the conversation, but first we're going to take a quick break. So, I mean, there, there's a little bit of video here. So I get to uh, the awesome chance of looking at your bookshelf, which is for me as a book nerd, just the best thing in the entire world. I mean, I just love people's bookshelves in general. What books have influenced you as a writer? Maybe it's a particular author where you look and you're like, my goodness, I aspire to this, but maybe it's a book that you have maybe learned a lot from. Oh, that's such a good question. Um, and I ought to have a, a canned answer right off the top of my head and I don't you know I, as a reader I st my first love was fantasy mm. um so J.R.R. Tolkien that uh, you know C.S. Lewis uh that was my f that was my first my first love honestly I didn't start reading romance until a long time after grad school I mean, you know my background was academic right. um and uh but um Oh, it's, it's just, uh, it's, it's so hard to say, um, but, um, well, it's hard to know, improve upon Tolkien and, and Lewis as inspirations. Oh, I mean, they're so great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, and, uh, and I read, I read, um, so like I read every genre, you, right. you know, so I read literary fiction, I read romance, I read mystery, thriller, just uh, all kinds of weird nonfiction, <laughs> you know, and I'll get obsessed with something and read like six books about neuroscience, you know, right. uh, or six books about um, Mesoamerican archaeology. And, uh, uh, but um, so, so I, I am having, I am having a hard time uh, uh picking just one. Well, I guess. Yeah. Well, yeah. and I think that's, I mean, it's like when you start looking back at your, your influences, whether it's just as a human, if you're a reader in any capacity, I think that's one of the things like we've been shaped in so many different ways by the books yeah. that we read. And, yeah. um, and I love that. So, okay. I, w we have to talk about your new book. It came out unfortunately during this whole mess that's been going on so i read that you didn't really get a chance to do a release party of some sort so i feel like we maybe need to do a little bit of a release party right now uh i want to talk a little bit about because it's a really great idea you wrote a book called dreams come true a journal of self-discovery goals and manifestation um i love it walk me through and walk people through the big idea of 
what this is about and, and maybe how that has linked to you as a writer. Like, how's that, Absolutely. what's that, tie that in? Yeah, it's all connected. And so like, so my nonfiction books always start out as things I create for myself. And then I'm like, oh, maybe someone else would like this, you know? Um, and uh, in the, so the, um, the guided journal started out as exercises that I came up with for myself um, just to keep me positive, to keep me focused on goals um, and that kind of thing. And uh, then during the pandemic, I thought, you know, maybe I'm not the only one who could use a little positivity, <laughs> you know. So I got it in a little bit um, a better a better form. Um, but the exercises in the journal are really um, meant to help you kind of connect with your true self and what makes you happiest and then connect with uh, goals that you want to achieve and connect with dreams again, you know, um, because it's very, I think it's very easy for us when we run into challenges and roadblocks and go through difficult times. Sometimes you just need a little refresh. Yeah, <laughs> that's kind sure. of, that's kind of what it's meant to be, you know? Um, and I am a real believer in articulating uh, goals and wishes and funny things can happen. You know, a few years ago on my blog, maybe five, four, four years maybe, I made this list of 101 life goals, just for fun, right? Just as an exercise. Um, and this is in the back of the, the last exercise in the journal is to do this. And uh, when I when I made that list, I put on some, because I'm like, what the heck? It's just, it's just dreaming anyway. I put on some things I thought, there's no way this is gonna come true. Like be on a national TV show. Like why would I, I'm not, you know. Yeah. Um, and then that one already came true. I've been on TV twice uh, <laughs> because of the publishing business. And I didn't expect to wind up in LA. Looking back at the list, a bunch of those things were in California. Wow. You know, like go to the Rose Bowl Parade, you know, um, see our Aunt Roses in LA again. Well, now we see her all the time, you know. Um, and so, wow. so it's funny how things work, you know? Um, now I'm not, what I'm saying is that when you articulate, here's, here's what I really want, here are my dreams. I think I don't think it's that mystical or anything. And like I said, I love to read about neuroscience. Right. I think right. subconscious goes to work figuring out how to make it happen. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and then things happen in, in surprising ways. But it's because part of your brain is like, all right, well, I guess this is what she wants, so I'll try to figure it out, you know. Wow. Yeah. And so that's so, essentially what manifestation is and manifesting in your mind any mystical way at all. What I mean is when you're really clear about uh, your goals and what you want, and when you really think, you know what, I think I can do this, a part of your brain will kick in and you don't even have to do it. Like subconscious part of your brain will kick in and start doing things to make it come true. Well, and, and I you'll go ahead. Yeah, you'll start noticing um, opportunities that before you might've missed because you're just concentrating on your ever getting through your day. So yeah. I've done exercises like this before and like transparently, one of the things that I struggle with is sometimes knowing what I want, if that makes sense. Like, how do you, how do you dive down? Like as somebody who maybe is paralyzed by choice, you have a million and one decisions and you can like paradox of choice it to death or you're like, oh my gosh, I've got so many things I could do. What do I really want? How do you help kind of distill that down? Yeah, I had some exercises in the journal that were um, sort of, 
geared towards, you know, what stories do you love? Mm. What did you love to do as a kid? What are some of your favorite memories? Um, I have some random exercises that just kind of uh, <laughs> jog your brain and make you think in some different ways. Um, because I think the more you know about yourself and the more you're aware of what makes you happy, then that'll help. That helps guide you. I love yeah. that. I love that. So otherwise, otherwise everyone has generic goals. They're like, Oh, I want, um, to like, you know, have a beachfront house and have a sports car. You know, like everybody has the same goal, you know, <laughs> <laughs> if you really, because that's what you were told, right. you know, but if you really connect with what you want, it's going to be unique, unique to you. That's yeah. so good. That's so good. Um, yeah. so like, You've, you've accomplished a lot and you are daily. I mean, it, it's insane. You, you started off with this idea for a book during quarantine. It gets published during quarantine. Like it hasn't been that long. I mean, it's felt like, you know, 30 years that we've been in quarantine, but it hasn't actually been <laughs> that long. And, and on top of that, you're, you're balancing this influx of editing books and everything. And so I like just listening to you and, and then you write like all the time. Like, I mean, I, I like legitimately as somebody who has done content creation, like to my audience, guys, you have got to check out Bryn's stuff. Like it's out of control how much content you create. Like it is insane. So how do you balance all that? Like there's a productivity level here that's like out of control. Like what, how do you do that? Like how are you just like high octane by nature? Like do you have a schedule? Like what's happening here? You know, I think I think I have a very busy job, but I cannot seem to shut off uh, the other uh the other creative things and so um because i i don't know i i enjoy them and and it's it what it's what makes me happy and i think that uh you know i think a lot of the stuff well i know a lot of the stuff that i do on the outside helps me in my day job you mm -hmm. know so if i write a blog post about characters and goals and motivations um that really helps um especially especially when i'm doing mysteries I'm going to put in a plug here, if you don't mind. Go for um, it. So our, our new books uh, from Hallmark Publishing, uh, August is like mystery month. And so we have um, Behind the Frame, which is a second in series by Tracy Gardner about these three sisters who solve, uh, well, one main sister solves crime, her two sisters help. She's a former art authenticator. So she's the kind of person who can look at a forgery and know it's a forgery. Okay, oh, cool. so she's very sharp on details. Um, so that's behind the frame. And then we have Dead and Detective. So Amanda Porter, uh, uh, pardon me, Piper and Porter Mystery by Amanda Flower. Yeah. Got ahead of myself. Um, Amanda is this USA Today bestselling author. She's this Agatha Award winner. It was really fun to work with her. And uh, that's about, and that one's about a female uh, private eye. Um, so her partner. Uh, at the detective, two girls detective agency gets murdered. She's the suspect, um, and the agency has been left to her partner's nephew, who rolls into town. Uh, so um, they're both really great books. Uh, so, but um, so a lot of the things I do on the outside really help with the day job. Yeah. I love that. We had Amanda on the uh, podcast, I think it was last cool. week, and she's so great. I mean, just uh, I mean, just bubbly, amazing, and so. I mean, she cranks out. My goodness, you want to talk about somebody who's she's prolific? It's amazing. insane. She's amazing, and she works as a librarian. You know, 
Um, so yeah, it's like, it's like she has a regular day job. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> like, right? Books. Um, so um, honestly, one of the best things about the job is working with, I don't know if I've just been lucky or if, I mean, I haven't heard that all authors are wonderful, but um, so I think maybe I've just been really lucky. I work with the nicest people in the world. Mm. The authors are, they they work so hard. They're so creative, but they are like so warm. They are mm. so nice. And it's, uh, that's been a really wonderful thing. Right. Yeah, I love so. that. So yeah. you know more about what's coming down the pipe for Hallmark Books and, and Hallmark Publishing, which is obviously Hallmark has a genre and you guys are going to try to stay within that genre. There's parameters for the writing. You can find them online. Yeah. It's not, I mean, there, it, it's, it's, you know, it, it, there's a certain, I don't like using the term formula, but there's definitely something, you, there's beats that people have to hit. I like um, to say there's a strong house style. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, there you go. That, uh, we'll use that. That's a good. Um, so, but... <laughs> But how do you, looking ahead, how are you trying to keep things maybe fresh to, to make, you know, Hallmark, you know, publishing stand out a little bit from maybe some other, you know, just the genre? Where, where, are, you, where are you aiming for and where are you directing this ship? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, well, first I'll say that all the Hallmark books are, um, we look at the stories um, the same way we look at the stories for the movies. Yep. And in fact, uh, the programming team is involved cool. with, uh, you know, I, I can't acquire something um, without discussions with them. So they're part of that team that kind of work, that helps. I'm so grateful to them because they bring up so many uh, great ideas and uh, they help shape that story. Uh, and uh, so the, the books that we do are very much like you know exactly like the hallmark movies and then some of them get made into movies timeless christmas which is a time travel romance is going to be a big countdown to christmas movie this oh, year cool. and i'm so excited um it's um with ryan pavey and eric i hope i'm saying his name right yeah you uh, are you're got <laughs> okay good <laughs> i'm nervous uh and aaron cahill I, I they're both so great um and i think it'll be fun to have a time travel movie uh so yeah so the books are just like just like the movies um and i think in terms of position in the marketplace people know when they come to the hallmark uh, story like we're gonna have a love story I mean it's a romance but there's also a lot about the connections between friends and family and community um, one thing I don't do even though I hope I have a good sense of humor is like really snarky stuff because uh, um, in a Hallmark story you really have a vibe of uh, kindness I guess you know yeah, uh, and supportiveness you know and so that's a really important part important part of the story I think is to um, lose yourself in a community and with characters that have this kind of uh, um, good-heartedness and kindness yeah I love that so. that's super fun and it's it's really interesting to hear just kind of that connection that you know the 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 programming team is also kind of keeping an eye on hey what are you yeah. what what's your side of things doing that maybe we can convert into a movie because I mean you gotta get yeah. 40 movies you know for Christmas time you gotta look for some source material somewhere you got I mean you gotta get help somewhere right yeah yeah <laughs> It's great. And then, and just because they're so good at evaluating stories, it's really wonderful to have their input. They're so talented. They work so hard. And um, it's just, uh, it, I think it's really nice to have a, a few opinions on a storyline yeah, and talk sure. things through. And basically, we just kind of workshop them. And it, I, I think it's really good. 
Yeah, I love so. that. So, <laughs> if people are wanting to connect more with you, you've you know you've been so gracious with your time, especially with balancing like pretty much doing all the things at one time that you're doing. So, I, I we love that you came on the podcast. Uh, but if somebody wanted to maybe connect with you more, find out some of the things you're doing, um, and, and just see what's kind of going on in your mind, where do they go? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I guess probably. I mean, probably hit me up on Twitter, uh, and it's just uh, um, Bryn Donovan, one word, um, and uh, uh, that, yeah, yeah, that's probably the that's probably the easiest way to um, to reach out. And sometimes I get invited to do a session with like a writing group or that kind of thing, a seminar, and I absolutely love doing that kind of thing. So yeah. And your website is, can you? Uh, BrynDonovan.com. BrynDonovan.com. R-Y-N-Donovan.com. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. It's been so much fun having you. I I really appreciate this. I hope I didn't talk your ear off. Uh, Obviously, I really love working on the homework books. I'm excited about the stories we have coming out. And uh, I love talking about writing. So I appreciate the chance to do it. Well, we've loved it. It's been just a wealth of information for my listeners. So I really appreciate your time. And uh, I look forward to maybe having you back on again uh, in the future. Maybe you can give us some more exclusives. I mean, this is is breaking news here. So, um, I would let, yeah, I would love to come back. I'm sure, um, I'm sure some of my authors would really enjoy it too. Awesome. Thank you so much. And I, I appreciate you coming and joining me on the Hallmark book club podcast.